Section 3 of Stories from the Fairy Queen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Stories from the Fairy Queen by Mary MacLeod. The Red Cross Knight, Part 3. The Battle for the Shield. That night, when everyone slept, Duessa stole secretly to the lodgings of the page and knight, joyless. She found him wide awake, restless and troubled, busily devising how he might annoy his foe. To him she spoke many untrue words. "'Dear Joyless,' she said, "'I am so glad that you have come. I have passed many sad hours for the sake of Faithless, whom this traitor slew. He has treated me very cruelly, keeping me shut up in a dark cave but now I will take shelter with you from his disdainful spite. To you belongs the inheritance of your brother Faithless. Let him not be unavenged. Fair lady, grieve no more for past sorrows, said Joyless. Neither be afraid of present peril, for needless fear never profited any one, nor is it any good to lament over misfortunes that cannot be helped. Faithless is dead, his troubles are over, but I live, and I will avenge him. Oh, but I fear what may happen, she answered, and the advantage is on his side. Why, lady, what advantage can there be when both fight alike? asked Joyless. Yes, but he bears a charmed shield, said Duessa, and also enchanted armor that no one can pierce. No one can wound the man that wears them. Charmed or enchanted, I care not at all, said Joyless fiercely. Nor need you tell me anything more about them. But, fair lady, go back whence you came and rest a while. Tomorrow I shall subdue the Red Cross Knight and give you the heritage of dead faithless. Wherever I am, my secret aid shall follow you, she answered and then she left him. At the first gleam of dawn the Red Cross Knight sprang up and dressed himself for battle in his sunbright armor. Forth he stepped into the hall, where there were many waiting to gaze at him, curious to know what fate was in store for the stranger knight. Many minstrels were there, making melody to drive away sadness, many singers that could tune their voices skillfully, to harp and viol, many chroniclers that could tell old stories of love and war. Soon after came the page and knight joyless, warily armed in woven mail. He looked sternly at the Red Cross Knight, who cared not at all how any living creature looked at him. Cups of wine were brought to the warriors with dainty eastern spices, and they both swore a solemn oath to observe faithfully the laws of just and fair fighting. At last, with royal pomp, came the queen. She was led to a railed-in space of the green field, and placed under a stately canopy. On the other side, full in all men's view, sat Duessa, 
and on a tree near was hung the shield of faithless both tuesa and the shield were to be given to the victor a shrill trumpet bade them prepare for battle the pagan knight was stout and strong and his blows fell like great iron hammers he fought for cruelty and vengeance the red cross knight was fierce and full of youthful courage he fought for praise and honor so furious was their onslaught that sparks of fire flew from their shields and deep marks were hewn in their helmets thus they fought the one for wrong the other for right and each tried to put his foe to shame at last joyless chanced to look at his brother's shield which was hanging near the sight of this doubled his anger and he struck at his foe with such fury that the knight reeled twice and seemed likely to fall to those who looked on the end of the battle appeared doubtful and false duessa began to call loudly to joyless thine the shield and i and all directly the red cross knight heard her voice he woke out of the faintness that had overcome him his faith, which had grown weak, suddenly became strong, and he shook off the deadly cold that was creeping over him. This time he attacked Joyless with such vigor that he brought him down upon his knees. Lifting his sword, he would have slain him, when suddenly a dark cloud fell between them. Joyless was seen no more. He had vanished. The knight called aloud to him, but received no answer. His foe was completely hidden by the darkness. Duessa rose hastily from her place and ran to the Red Cross Knight, saying, O oh, noblest knight, be angry no longer. Some evil power has covered your enemy with the cloud of night and borne him away to the regions of darkness. The conquest is yours. I am yours. The shield and the glory are yours. Then the trumpet sounded, and running heralds made humble homage, and the shield, the cause of all the enmity, was brought to the Red Cross Knight. He went to the Queen, and kneeling before her, offered her his service, which she accepted with thanks and much satisfaction, greatly praising his chivalry. So they marched home, the knight next the Queen, while all the people followed with great glee, shouting and clapping their hands when they got to the palace the knight was given gentle attendants and skilled doctors for he had been badly hurt in the fight his wounds were washed with wine and oil and healing herbs and all the while lovely music was played round his bed to beguile him from grief and pain while this was happening duessa secretly left the palace and stole away to the kingdom of darkness which is ruled over by the queen of night this queen was a friend of her own and was always ready to help in any bad deeds duessa told her of what had befallen the pagan knight joyless and persuaded her to carry him away to her own dominions here he was placed under the care of a wonderful doctor who was able to cure people by magic and duessa hastened back to the house of pride when she got there she was dismayed to find that the red cross knight had already left 
although he was not nearly healed from the wounds which he had received in battle. The reason why he left was this. One day his servant, whose name you may remember was Prudence, came and told him that he had discovered in the palace a huge deep dungeon full of miserable prisoners. Hundreds of men and women were there, wailing and lamenting grandlords and beautiful ladies, who from foolish behavior of love, of idle pomp, had wasted their wealth and fallen into the power of the wicked queen of pride. When the good Red Cross Knight heard this, he determined to stay no longer in such a place of peril. Rising before dawn, he left by a small side door, for he knew that if he were seen, he would be at once put to death. To him the place no more seemed beautiful. It filled him with horror and disgust. Riding under the castle wall, the way was strewn with hundreds of dead bodies of those who had perished miserably. Such was the dreadful sight of the house of pride. Una and the Woodland Knight we left Una in a piteous plight in the hands of a cruel enemy, the pagan knight Lawless. Paying no heed to her tears and entreaties, he placed her on his horse and rode off with her till he came to a great forest. Una was almost in despair, for there seemed no hope of any rescue. But suddenly there came a wonderful way of deliverance. In the midst of the thick wood, lawless halted to rest this forest was inhabited by numbers of strange wild creatures quite untaught almost savages hearing una's cries for help they came flocking up to see what was the matter their fierce rough appearance so frightened lawless that he jumped on to his horse and rode away as fast as he could when the wild wood folk came up they found Una sitting desolate and alone. They were amazed at such a strange sight, and pitied her sad condition. They all stood astonished at her loveliness, and could not imagine how she had come there. Una, for her part, was greatly terrified, not knowing whether some fresh danger awaited her. Half in fear, half in hope, she sat still in amazement. Seeing that she looked so sorrowful, the savages tried to show that they meant to be friendly. They smiled and came forward gently, and kissed her feet. Then she guessed that their hearts were kind, and she arose fearlessly and went with them, no longer afraid of any evil. Full of gladness they led her along, shouting and singing and dancing round her and strewing all the ground with green branches as if she had been a queen. Thus they brought her to their chief, old Sylvanus. When Sylvanus saw her, like the rest he was astonished at her beauty, for he had never seen anything so fair. Her fame spread through the forest, and all the other dwellers in it came to look at her. The Hamadriads who live in the trees, and the naiads who live in the flowing fountains all came flocking to see her lovely face as for the woodlanders henceforth they thought no one on earth fair but una glad at such good fortune una was quite contented to please the simple folk 
she stayed a long while with them to gather strength after her many troubles during this time she did her best to teach them but the poor things were so ignorant it was almost impossible to make them understand the difference between right and wrong it chanced one day that a noble knight came to the forest to seek his kindred who dwelt there he had won much glory in wars abroad and distant lands were filled with his fame he was honest faithful and true though not very polished in manner nor accustomed to a courtly life his name was sir saturane he had been born and brought up in the forest and his father had taught him nothing but to be utterly fearless when he grew up and could master everything in the forest he went abroad to fight foreign foes and his fame was soon carried through all lands it was always his custom after some time spent in labor and adventure to return for a while to his native woods and so it happened on this occasion that he came across una the first time he saw her she was surrounded by the savages whom she was trying to teach good and holy things sir saturane wondered at the wisdom which fell from her sweet lips and when later on he saw her gentle and kindly deeds he began to admire and love her although noble at heart he had never had any one to teach him but now he began to learn from una faith and true religion the false pilgrim una's thoughts were still fixed on the red cross knight and she was sorry to think of his perilous wandering she was always sad at heart and spent her time planning how to escape at last she told her wish to sir saturane who glad to please her in any way began to devise how he could help her to get free from the savage folk one day when una was left alone all the woodlanders having gone to pay court to their chief old sylvanus she and sir saturane rode away together they went so fast and so carefully that no one could overtake them and thus at last they came to the end of the forest and out into the open plain towards evening after they had journeyed a long distance they met a traveller he seemed as if he were a poor simple pilgrim his clothes were dusty and travel-worn his face brown and scorched with the sun he leant upon a staff and carried all his necessaries in a scrip or a little bag hanging behind sir saturane asked if there were any tidings of new adventures but the stranger had heard of none then una began to ask if he knew anything about a knight who wore on his shield a red cross alas dear lady he replied i may well grieve to tell you the sad news i have seen that knight with my own eyes both alive and also dead when una heard these cruel words she was filled with sorrow and dismay and begged the pilgrim to tell her everything he knew then he related how on that very morning he had seen two knights preparing for battle one was a pagan the other was the red cross knight they fought with great fury and in the end the red cross knight was slain this story was altogether false 
the pretended pilgrim was no other than the wicked enchanter archimago or hypocrisy in a fresh disguise but sir satyrane and una believed everything he told them where is this pagan now asked satyrane not far from here replied the pilgrim i left him resting beside a fountain thereupon sir satyrane hastily marched off and soon came to the place where he guessed that the other would be found this pagan knight turned out to be lawless from whom you may remember una had escaped in the forest before she was found by the woodlanders sir satyrane challenged lawless to fight and they were soon engaged in a fierce battle poor una was so terrified at this new peril and in such dread of lawless that she did not wait to see what the end would be but fled far away as fast as she could archimago had been watching everything from a secret hiding place now when he saw una escaping he quickly followed for he hoped to be able to work her some further mischief giant pride when duessa found that the red cross knight had left the palace of queen lucifera she immediately set out in search of him it was not long before she found him where he sat wearily by the side of a fountain to rest himself he had taken off all his armor and his steed was cropping the grass close by it was pleasant in the cool shade and the soft wind blew refreshingly upon his forehead while in the trees above numbers of singing birds delighted him with their sweet music duessa at first pretended to be angry with the knight for leaving her so unkindly but they were soon good friends again they stayed for some time beside the fountain where the green boughs sheltered them from the scorching heat but although it looked so lovely and tempting the fountain near which they sat was an enchanted one whoever tasted its waters grew faint and feeble the knight not knowing this stooped down to drink of the stream which was as clear as crystal then all his strength turned to weakness his courage melted away and a deadly chill crept over him at first he scarcely noticed the change for he had grown careless both of himself and of his fame but suddenly he heard a dreadful sound a loud bellowing which echoed through the wood the earth seemed to shake with terror and all the trees trembled the knight astounded started up and tried to seize his weapons but before he could put on his armor or get his shield his monstrous enemy came stalking into sight it was a hideous giant great and horrible the ground groaned under him he was taller than three of the tallest men put together his name was orgoglio or pride and his father's name was ignorance he was puffed up with arrogance and conceit and because he was so big and strong he despised every one else he leant upon a gnarled oak which he had torn up by its roots from the earth it also served him as a weapon to dismay his foemen when he saw the knight he advanced to him with dreadful fury the latter quite helpless all in vain tried to prepare for battle disarmed disgraced inwardly dismayed and faint in every limb 
he could scarcely wield even his useless blade the giant aimed such a merciless stroke at him that if it had touched him it would have crushed him to powder but the knight leapt lightly to one side and thus escaped the blow so great however was the wind that the club made in whirling through the air that the knight was overthrown and lay on the ground stunned when giant pride saw his enemy lying helpless he lifted up his club to kill him but uessa called to him to stay his hand oh great orgoglio she cried spare him for my sake and do not kill him now that he is vanquished make him your bond slave and if you like i will be your wife giant pride was quite pleased with this arrangement and taking up the red cross knight before he could awake from his swoon he carried him hastily to his castle and flung him without pity into a deep dungeon as for duessa from that day forth she was treated with the greatest honor she was given gold and purple to wear and a triple crown was placed upon her head and every one had to obey her as if she were a queen to make her more dreaded orgoglio gave her a hideous dragon to ride this dragon had seven heads with gleaming eyes and its body seemed made of iron and brass everything good that came within its reach it swept away with a great long tail and then trampled underfoot all the people's hearts were filled with terror when they saw duessa riding on her dragon End of section 3 Read by Lars Rolander